Hello, and welcome to Radio Free Acton, the podcast of the Acton Institute, dedicated to the study of religion and liberty. I'm Caroline Roberts, and on today's episode, we have a special Thanksgiving story for you from award-winning news anchor and reporter Anne-Marie Schieber. There are many things to be grateful for during this time of the year, and one entrepreneur, Liz Hilton, is creating even more reasons to be thankful. Through her creative designs, Liz founded Knit It in 2015 in response to the global need for customized 3D knit innovation without the production commitment, finding purpose in helping others by meeting the needs of the consumer. If you're interested in learning more about Liz Hilton and her business, check out the links in our show notes, posted every Wednesday at blog.acton.org. In a rapidly changing world where technology is defining life in ways we never imagined, it's easy to think our individual contribution is insignificant. But there is a saying that may be instructive, especially this time of year, as we count our blessings for Thanksgiving. We may be one person in the world, but to one person, we may be the world. The inspirational college basketball coach, John Wooden, put it another way. He said, things turn out best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. This is the story of one person's determination to follow a dream, not quite knowing if it could be an expensive waste of time. She had a passion, but she didn't want to follow the traditional industry path. She had confidence in her dream and then sought and took advantage of every opportunity that came her way. And things paid off in the form of gratitude. I wanted something that was very, um, had a classic silhouette. Let's start with Cassandra Wolf. Cassandra was looking for that perfect dress for an elegant event she wanted to attend. I very much love the fashion of the 1940s and 50s, so I wanted something that was modest, um, hit below the knee, uh, had a, a defined waist, full skirt, and then um, a bodice that was, you know, comfortable. Cassandra was likely envisioning something like Audrey Hepburn, because the wall in her office is covered with photographs of this elegant actress. With the abundance of fashion online, there should be no problem finding that Hepburn look. Except, Cassandra had a particular consideration. I have uh, cerebral palsy, so garments for me can be a bit difficult to get into and out of, and fabric can be, um, and different textures can affect me in different ways, depending on how um, spastic or fatigued I'm feeling that day. She is also legally blind and walks with a cane. But through a confluence of events, she had a dress she never thought possible. I felt so beautiful and glamorous that night. I remember walking out on that stage and with all of the the cameras and the lights and in that gown that I felt perfectly designed in, I thought this must be what it's like to be a celebrity. Scene two. (coughs) New baby. Parents are so enthralled, but not quite prepared for the adjustment in their lives, namely at night. My name's Hani Almi, and I just had my first child. Until recently, Hani Almi and her husband hadn't gotten more than a few hours of sleep at any one time. They were exhausted. Then a friend called. 
Honey had worked in the fashion industry, and her friend asked if her son could be an infant model for a new product called a Houdini. It looks like a tube sock for infants. Honey wasn't so sure, so she called the inventor, a woman by the name Liz Hilton. As soon as I reached out to her, she was just the nicest person ever. I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to meet this lady. And I went on her website, I looked at her product, and I was like, wow, this is incredible because my son, he hates swaddles. Like, he's the one who's like fighting it and crying and turning red and just does not like it. Swaddling is supposed to replicate the womb, and parents have sworn by it for generations, for bedtime, when it works. No matter how hard parents try, they can't wrap those blankets in a way that won't come undone at night, and the baby wakes. My name is Liz Hilton, and I am a 3D knit designer here in downtown Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I started Knit It in July 2015, as a product development company specializing in using flatbed weft knitting machines to create 3D knit solutions, specifically for industries like office furniture and uh, aerospace and healthcare. But after about three years, uh, I, I fell into um, the position of being an inventor of my own product. And it was really all due to my son, who uh, I gave birth to 15 months ago. And, uh, and he demanded that I create him an escape-proof baby swaddle. And, uh, and so the Houdini was born. Liz invented the Houdini and designed Cassandra's special gown years after studying something called 3D knitting when she was a student at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. I applied for the specialization knitwear. You have to choose one. And I chose knitwear because I thought it was a more organic way of designing. You weren't walking into a fabric shop and seeing what fabrics speak to you. You're making the fabric. You're choosing the yarn and you're designing and creating the fabric. Liz saw 3D knitting's potential not just for fashion design, but for solving problems in manufacturing and the consumer market. No cutting, no sewing, no waste, and no labor. It can even uh, go on to save money further down the line if I'm creating something for office furniture uh, that uh, may be a cover that goes over foam. Not only is it allowing that expensive foam to do its job and it's more comfortable, but it will also look better because there are no wrinkles, and the person upholstering it on the line has an easier job because there's less pulling, tugging, and stapling. So you're saving minutes of even just getting that cover on. So, And that's just one example of, of how an industry can really capitalize on the problems that this can solve. Knitting machines have been around since the 16th century. And in fact, Liz keeps a manual one in her studio. In part, to show customers how far the technology has come. The computerized machines are large and expensive, costing tens of thousands of dollars to purchase and license one. Liz has two, one from Germany. By the company Stoll, which I actually had the privilege of working for in New York City, which is where I'm from, for about a year. And then I also moved to their headquarters in Germany and one from Japan. She is very mighty and can do a lot more than even that really big machine can do. Um, probably the coolest thing it can do that um, that machine cannot is build 
three layers in one process, which is, um, you can see on my baby swaddle that I recently invented. Um, it has an easy access diaper changing flap, so you can change the diaper in the middle of the night. The machine from Japan is the one that makes the Houdini. Liz came up with the design and programmed it into the computer. After a few mechanics, and making sure the yarns are all set, she clicks go, and comes in the next morning to find about 15 Houdinis complete. What I found most incredible about 3D knitting is the endless yarn possibilities. I'm looking at a wall and it looks like a, uh, well, it looks like a piece of art because it's so colorful. Yes, and you know, a lot of people who, when they hear the word yarn, they'll think cotton or wool or natural fibers. And that is true, I have some over here. But yarn can be any material that is, um, it can be extruded into a filament. For instance, uh, over here I have quartz, I have fiberglass, I have a spandex wrapped in Nomex, I have Kevlar, I have, um, I have steel. Kevlar, you mean bulletproof? Well, okay, people okay, think of yeah. like a Kevlar plate as being bulletproof, yeah. correct. You cannot simply knit with Kevlar and then have it be bulletproof. Okay. You would need layers and layers and layers. Okay. But it is also heat resistant. Okay. It is lightweight and um, and cut resistant as well. So it, it, it's really great to knit um, gloves with and for someone who's maybe in a high risk occupation and they want to protect their hands. This is Kevlar knit with a low melt polymer and then okay. heated. Now, the, the, so this is a process that has um, I developed for uh, basically for air ducts. So uh, with it building an air duct, you typically have this uh, preform that you um, you apply uh, resin to. You like, and it it's like a thirty minute manual process. Yeah. So the idea is to build that preform the shape inherently in the knit and then just heat it. It was her knowledge of yarns and stitches that helped create the gown for Cassandra, who you'll recall has cerebral palsy and is legally blind. Cassandra required a dress that provided no tripping hazard. The dress part is very stiff. It's a monofilament like fishing line and it's standing like two feet out from the body. Compression for her muscles and joints. It is connected to this soft, stretchy torso part. Right. It's one piece. And visibility, the thread in the gown that gave it that ethereal look. This yarn is reflective, so if you take a picture here, I'll take a picture of it on my phone uh, with flash, and then you can see how reflective it is. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It looks like LED lighting in there. That is incredible. So that's what these little strings are here? Is that yes. what the iridescent is? Yes. And Liz gave the same thought when she created the baby swaddle, which she knitted with antimicrobial and anti-wicking yarns, and a design she says made possible only with 3D knitting. It gives them that hug feeling without being constricted. Yeah. So this is key because a lot of swaddles constrict the baby and that's how they get out because they want to move. Starting a business can be fraught with frustration. And in the hours that I spent with Liz, learning about her company, how she trained, not once did I hear her mention an obstacle. Oh, there was one, but I barely noticed it. And uh, I even ran a, a Kickstarter that was, it was not funded. I think the thing that stands out is, it's, it's the business, but it's really the person behind the business. That's Lori Supinski. 
She directs a program in Grand Rapids, Michigan called Start Garden. There's something about Liz that you feel like, you know, I'm gonna invest in her because she's gonna, you can tell she has the drive and she has um, the determination to just keep going. Yeah. And, and recreating and knowing when, you know, when her Kickstarter campaign failed, she said, you know what, it failed. All right, I'll try something else. Stark Garden runs these competitions to give seed money to budding entrepreneurs. Liz didn't win one, but two of them, beating out over 650 entries to win $25,000 to help purchase her knitting machines. First and foremost, she does have a great business idea and product, and she's very creative. Um, and she's just always thinking, and she puts herself into what she's doing. Um, but she also takes advantage of every connection that somebody makes for her. Um, she explores different opportunities. She's not afraid to go out there and advocate for herself. Um, and I think, you know, she, um, she just uses the system in a really good way, um, and she, she works at it. She doesn't sit back and wait for things to come to her. Um, and so therefore, you know, uh, I think it comes easy or it's easier for her because she is out there um, speaking for herself. And along the way, she never forgets to count her blessings. The support she has gotten in her adopted home. I very much believe that I could not have started this business anywhere but Grand Rapids. I did not start with more than $5,000 with savings when I moved into this space, and I just took advantage of every resource available. Her mother, who homeschooled her, allowing her to follow her passion. I am so grateful that my mom had the, 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 the vision to see that I, I was very passionate about something and um, to just let me do that because um, I, I don't think I would have the career I have today had I gone to high school. Those who helped her through college. Since before I even started this journey, my, my parents helped helped me um, you know, pay for our classes so I could go into the city. They'd pay um, you know, for all, all sorts of things to, that have um, helped me get to where I am. And then I, I had um, professors who believed in me, who gave me the connections I needed. I even had a professor gift me a machine. Like I've had, and yarn, and uh, just, I've had so much help from uh, mentors along the way and, uh, and friends. And obviously my husband has helped me, um, especially on the emotional and spiritual level. So there's a lot in my life to be grateful for. I'm very blessed. Her boss in the Grand Rapids company that recruited her nearly fresh out of college. When he left for Nike, I had the opportunity to learn how much he had taught me. Mm -hmm. And what he taught me was that great creativity, no, <clears throat> what he taught me was that it is through great technical knowledge that great creativity is fostered. And um, building solutions on my own after that, I, I realized, okay, I, I can do this. And it really gave me the confidence to start my own business. Liz's drive is derived from gratitude. And in that way, she gives off a positive charge to other people's lives. For new mom, Honey Almi, who is grateful for Liz's Houdini. For the first time ever, my son slept like 
mostly through the night. I put him to bed. He woke up at around 1, and he didn't wake up again until 6.30, and I was amazed. And I was like, wow, he slept for five hours straight, and I've never had that before. So I was like, this is amazing. To Cassandra, who thanks her friend Liz for making her feel like Audrey Hepburn. Everything that I love about um, really feminine garments. Um, so I'm, I'm really thankful for that whole process. I'm thankful that I was included in the design because so often people with disabilities in no matter what design area we have, whether it's a public space or um, the fashion that we use or, you know, even the way we do our technology, so often people with disabilities are left out of that conversation. Um, so to be included right away, right at the forefront, was um, wonderful. You may be one person in the world, but to one person, you may be the world. You know, she wasn't afraid of her failure, and entrepreneurs fail. And some people get afraid of that failure, and they fail once and they stop and they don't ever pick it up again, and she just goes. I, I absolutely believe that there's a plan, and I think that's why I wasn't afraid to start this business, uh, because there's, there's a plan. I don't know what it is yet, but um, I, 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 I think that's why I'm not, I, I don't have fear in the way that some people do, uh, so um, I, I, I am just very grateful that I am in Grand Rapids, because I don't believe that I could have started this business in any other city in the world. Happy Thanksgiving. For Radio Free Acton, this is Anne-Marie Schieber. As always, thank you for listening. To learn more about the Acton Institute and what we do, visit our website at acton.org. If you want to reach our podcast team here at Acton, email us at rfa at acton.org or leave us a message at 888-705-4180 to give us feedback and to let us know what you think of the show. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to swing over to iTunes and leave a review and rating. This episode is produced by me, Caroline Roberts, with audio mixing by Nathan Moore.